Welcome to the Focus on Greatness podcast. I'm your host, Hiram Roche, bringing you another inspirational message designed to help you focus on the greatness that's within you. I remember when I was first looking at starting my podcast, one of the things that I was looking for was a cost efficient place that I can be able to do what I was dreaming and doing with Anchor. I found that I found a free platform that can be able to give me the tools to make sure that my podcast sound good from edits to music to different other things, variety of things that can be able to assist me to make sure that I had a professional sound podcast. But then also one of the things I found that I loved uh, when I started to use Anchor was they have various of different places that they are able to distribute my podcast from professional places like Spotify or Apple Podcasts and many, many more. Now, with this, the thing that I'm I love to do is because I might not do it in my house or I might need to do it in my car. So I'm able to use record on my cell phone. I'm able to record on my tablet or even my computer. So for you to be able to do this as the podcaster, you need to make sure that you download the app to your phone, to your tablet. You can do it on an Android or on an Apple product. But also, if you want to be able to access it on your computer, you have to go to anchor.fm to get started. Now, anchor is A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M. Welcome to the team. dive right in to this conversation. Now, today is episode five, episode five of this conversation. And as you come on, not only do you, I want you to comment, but please share this. Somebody start a watch party and let's get this thing on. Um, So I want you to be able to share it. But again, we are on episode five, episode five of a conversation that we have been having called Connect the dots. Now, again, that is connecting the dots and what we have been dealing with and talking about. If this is your first time on and you have not been walking with us throughout this journey of conversation, I want you to go back and be able to see it. You can be able to see it on the Facebook on my Facebook page um, and you'll also be able to hear it as well. And so there is different these conversation or this conversation that we have been having has been helping us to understand the context of how to be able to get or know what our purpose is. And so what I want to be able to talk about tonight, again, is something that I believe is one, it's important to me. It's something that I have personally dealt with and challenged with, but it's something that I have recognized and seen that is some is one major piece that hinders people or holds people captive and uh, affects them to be able to reach that purpose, to be able to reach that destiny um, in, in their lives. And so what we want to do is we want to dive right in to the conversation that we're going to be having tonight entitled Self Perspective. Now, again, I want you to do this for me. Comment. Place in the comment section right now, Self self Perspective. I don't know why I said F, but Self Perspective. 
self perspective. Go ahead and write that in and to type that into the comment section um, so that as people come in, they can be able to understand and know what is the context of conversation we're having tonight. It's again, dealing with self perspective. Now for us to be able to kind of get a clear picture of what I'll be talking about, I'm going to try to use two storylines that will give unto us the right picture to be able to show us the effects of self-perspective. And so we want to start in the book of Numbers, Numbers chapter 30. Um, Numbers chapter 13, verses 30 through 33 is really where we're going to dive right into it. Um, And so I want to read two verses out of that context. Verses 30 and 30 uh, through 33 is really, again, where we're going to build this conversation on today. And so Let's dive in if you're ready. So in Numbers chapter 13, verses 30, starting at verses 30, I'm reading this through the King James Version um, of the Bible. And so Numbers chapter 13, verses 30 is where we're going to dive right in. And we're going to just read a few verses and then we'll explain it and we'll go from there. And it says, And Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. But the men that went up with him said, we be not to go up. We be not able to go up against the people for they are stronger than we. And they brought up an evil report of the land, which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying, the land through which we have gone to search it is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof. And all the people that we saw in it are men of great stature. And there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which come of the giants. And we were in our own sight as grasshoppers. And so were we in their sight. Now I'm going to read again verses 33. So it'll help give us this understanding. In verse 33, it says, and there were, and there we saw the giants, the son of Anak, which come of the giants. And we were in our own sight as grasshoppers. And so were we in their sight. Now, I'm going to be able to break this context down as we read it. But for us to get a clear understanding of this, um, again, what we're dealing with in the conversation on tonight, we're dealing with self perspective. Um, So in self perspective, we're looking at this verse, this first verse of scripture, which is again in Numbers chapter 13, verses 30 through 33 is the conversation that we're, that's going to help us give us a clear perspective of what we're dealing with. So in this, we want to first get an understanding of what is perspective. What is perspective? Somebody put on their perspective. What is perspective? Now, perspective defined by Merriam-Webster Dictionary is this. It's a mental viewpoint or perspective or, um, or, or prospect dealing with your view. So it's a mental view or your view. So it's, it's how you see and how you think about what you see. 
Let's deal with that. It's, it's how you visually or your imagination, your mental view of something, and then how you view something. It's your, it's your prospect. It's how you see it and how you mentally see it. So when we're dealing with self-perspective, when we're dealing with this context of self-perspective, what we are dealing with is how we mentally and, in, and physically view our own selves. So I'm going to say it again. We're dealing with two major things is how we mentally or physically view our own selves. So it is self-perspective. Now we, we have had in life, I know we all have the context of perspective. We've, we've, we've talked about having the right perspective in life, dealing with different things, or no matter what it is, we, we even have these conversations that says the re, well, that was, you know, that was the way they saw that, or that this is their perspective on life. You know, whatever those are, we always talk about this context of perspective, but we very rarely talk about the context of self perspective. Now we, you, we look at ourselves a certain type of way, but normally we don't like to have these type of conversations. But I believe that in the midst of everything that is going on right now, we need to examine our self perspective. We need to be able to examine and to see what and or how we think of ourselves and how we view ourselves. Again, how we think of ourselves and how we view ourselves and understanding that in this format, that if we do not think of ourselves the right way, view ourselves mentally the right way, or do not physically see ourselves the right way, that it will hinder us from being able able to be able to get into the place of our purpose. So we're going to, I want to break this context down. Let me give you a little story backdrop of what's going on. Now, time has passed in reference to where the children of Israel at one point were in bondage. They have now been freed. They have now, they're now walking in the wilderness. And as they're walking before they even get to the context of walking in the wilderness, there has been a promise that God has been making to them for years. And the promise that he's been making is that, listen, not only am I going to deliver my people or bring my people or give my people this specific type of land or this specific land, but I'm also going to protect them to get into this land. So he has been saying this for years. Now he uses a man named Moses to come and deliver the people. And he shares with Moses and the people that this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to bring you into this promised land. And I'm also going to be there as a protecting uh, portion or protective for you to be able to not only get into the land, but I understand what's in the land at this, at this present time. So he understands this context. So God is sharing all of these things over time with the children of Israel and with their leader, Moses. Now they get to a point where God says to Moses, look, we're getting closer to this promised land. So this is what I want you to do. I want you to send 12. I want you to send, um, send me 12 men out of these camps, one man out of each tribe. And I want you to tell them to go spy out and look out at the land. 
So Moses does that. And then he also sends Joshua along with this tribe. So he sent a total of 13 men into the land of Canaan, the promised land, to be able to see what's going on in this land. Well, while they go into this land to be able to check out and see all the things that's happening. What's up, Alex? How you doing? How you doing, big bro? James, Brend, uh, Brian, I see you on here. Hey, Dad. Hey, Trav. And and as, as they go into this promised land, they start to be able to see different things. They start to see the size of the people. They're examining the land to see if the land is good enough for, for, for the farmers that's going to be there. All these different things they're examining to be able to see. But while they're there, their whole objective is not only to be examined, examined to examine the land, but it's also to tell them what, what type of people are there. What situations are there? What type of environment is going on? And then their job was to come back and now report it. Now, again, in verses 30, um, um, really a verse before verses 30 or verses 30, we get into this place where now they are back and now they're telling them, they're telling Moses and the people of God and the people of Israel, listen, we can't do this. Listen, man, we just came from over there and we can't do it. I, I, I know we, I know we, we know, we, I know we all got excited and I know we really want to do this thing, but look, man, we can't get it up in there. And Caleb stands up in verse 30 and says, look, we be well able to do this. We can make this happen. We can walk in here. We can be able to take this land because Caleb understood that this is the land and the thing that God promised us. So the question that I ask you, as well as I'm talking to myself at the same time, as we have this conversation, the question that is posed is what has God promised you? What has God said that in your life that he is going and willing to do? What thing that you believe that God has showed you or the things that you know that you want to achieve in your life, the goals that you're setting before you, that what big thing that sits before you that you want to walk into, you know in the bottom of your heart that it's yours, but it looks like it's preoccupied. What thing stands before you right now? Now, this is the thing that I love about this is because it, it reveals some things to me and allows me to be able to see some things that that transpires when we are sitting in the midst of or in between our 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 promised land. The thing that we want to achieve, this thing that we want to go after, the thing that we are saying is our assignment, is our purpose in life, that major thing, this major piece that we're looking at, it, it shows us that you are looking at the thing but you're still standing in the wilderness or in the place that you're in, the place of development, the place of change, the place of growth. You're still sitting there or standing here and looking at your promise, looking at your goal, looking at your dream, looking at your spouse, looking at them, the things that you want to accomplish. You're looking at that. And then what ends up happening is now you start looking at yourself. Now, this is what this reveals to me and shows me. They, from this point, before they even went to the promised land, before they viewed what they were about to, what they were supposed to be living in, before they examined these things. Now, I do want to point something out that they took back evidence that everything over here was large because they brought back some fruit because it was harvest time. They brought back some fruit, some evidence that it's plentiful, it's fruitful over here. 
So they had evidence that it was popular. It was it was populating with food. It was it was it was lavish in the land that it was the land was able to produce some things. But they also saw giants. And as they viewed or seen these giants, what we recognize and see is this is what happens. This is the time frame of when we start seeing some things. They did not have a self-perspective vocal out, um, um, communication of what they thought of themselves until they saw something bigger than them. So what happens to you as well as to me when something larger than yourself, something that looks like it might not be achievable, what happens when you stand and see something and it brings on the pressure in your life? What do you start vocalizing? See, what they vocalized here was, listen, we're weak. They're stronger than us. What they start vocalizing here is, listen, they'll eat us up. We can't defend ourselves. And then they said, listen, we see ourselves as grasshoppers. And so because of how we see ourselves, they see us like this also. And so let me add something in right there. Because what happens is when we deal with pressure and what the pressure starts to reveal is how you, the pressure starts to reveal how you see your own self. What is your perspective on your own self? Do you see yourself as strong or do you see yourself as weak? Do you see yourself that you can be able to accomplish this or do you see yourself as not enough? Do you see in your mind, are you thinking in your mind? This is a mental context. Are you thinking in your mind? that I'm not good enough. I'm not educated enough. I'm not smart enough to be able to communicate it. I'm not smart enough to be able to write this thing. I'm, I'm too old to be able to do this now. I'm, all of these things that we start looking are self-perspectives. They're self-perspectives. And this is what happens. When we, through the pressure, start to reveal how we see ourselves, then we think this is how others see us also. Because the scripture never says before, during, after the scenario and situation that the annex, the giants of the land, saw them as grasshoppers. This was their own self-perspective. Because of how I see me, that's why I think they see me the way I see me. So let's examine this. Have you ever saw yourself a certain way and thought that other people were seeing you the same way, even though they never actually said those words? Even though you never actually heard them or saw them treat you that way? What's up, Eddie? Bless you, man. Good to see you. Bless you, Miss Frida. Have you ever been in a position where because of the pressure, the pressure of about to, because look, you have to see this. They're about to walk into the promised land. They're about to walk into the thing that God promised them that they would have. And in the midst of them about to walk in this, this is how they start to see themselves. You're about to walk into something great. You're about to come out of being in bondage. You've been in the wilderness all these years, surviving. But now you're about to come into a place where, where it's flowing over with milk and honey. 
is flowing over with, with, with lavish and, and prosperity. In the midst of you about to leave the, the paycheck to paycheck lifestyle, in the midst of you about to leave the, the on and off relationships, in the midst of you about to, about to, about to leave this, this I like my boss, I hate my boss mentality, in the midst of you about to leave the place of where you've been to what you've been asking God to do, in the midst of that specific scenario, then the pressure comes and it's for the purpose of revealing how you see yourself. But this is also what I want you to see. Because of how they saw themselves, it was about to affect a whole tribe of people from walking into the promised land. If Caleb and Joshua was not amongst them, if Caleb never spoke up and said, listen, we got this. The only thing they would have heard is their self-perspective. They only would have heard the 11 perspective of how they saw themselves, which would have changed the whole dynamic of thousands of people. So what does that mean for me and you? Because we don't have a thousands of people that are following behind us. What that allows us to be able to see is how you perceive yourself will affect the ones that follow you. How you perceive your own self will affect the ones that follow you. So how do you see you? How do you see you? Do you see yourself as strong? I understand what we're going through right now. I understand that the COVID-19 is everywhere and people are locked up, but guess what's happening? One of the things that's happening, it's, it's bringing people in pressure. But the thing that's starting to reveal itself is some people, it's not that they're affected because it's a lockdown. I'm affected because I'm in here by myself with me. I got to keep seeing me and the way that I perceive myself. I don't like what I see. The way that I perceive myself, I don't like how I think of me. So when someone comes and says, listen, this is a great moment that, that, that we're in right now, even though it's chaotic, even though it's people passing away, even though th th there's people getting sick all over the place, we get, I get that. We're praying for those that are in this situation. We're, we're, we're all in agreement and having faith for these things. I get it. But understand this also, bless you, Kendrick, understand this also, that in the midst of all of this, what is supposed to also be happening is you are supposed to be giving getting prepared for something great to happen. So what affects your greatness? What affects you walking into your prosperity? What affects you walking into your next? What affects you walking into the promised land in your own life is your self perspective. How you see yourself. 
Now, now I do also want to be able to do this because I want to give us another picture to be able to help us again understand this context because I know some of us on here, this might be a little heavy, but I, I need it to be heavy. I need it to hit our hearts because what I don't want to happen is I don't want you not to be able to walk into the goodness that God has for your marriage, the goodness that God has for your finance, the goodness that God has for your business, for your ministry, for whatever that might be that you're trying to go after and achieve in your life only because your perspective of how you think about yourself mentally is not correct. So let's look at another man, another man in the book of, uh, let's do the second Samuel, second Samuel chapter nine. It talks about verses seven and eight. Let's look at this very quickly. So second Samuel chapter nine, verses seven and eight. 2 Samuel chapter 9, verses 7 and 8. It says this. 2 Samuel, let me get there. 2 Samuel chapter 9, verse 7 and 8. This is good. This is talking about a young man named Mephibosheth. Now, I know some of us have heard this context of storyline when it comes in reference to Mephibosheth, and we've heard different variations of this, of this context. But for those that have not, Mephibosheth was the grandson of, of this great man or the first king in Israel. His name was Saul. But he also was the son of, of, of this, of, um, of David, King David, which was the second king of Israel, um, at this time, the second large king of Israel. And, and he he was his best friend. And so now because of the relationship that he had with his father, um, Mephibosheth's father, now because of that, David is trying to search to find where is any form of legacy or anybody that was connected to them? Where is anyone in Saul's family so that I can be able to bless them? And they found Mephibosheth. Now Mephibosheth during, uh, during a scaffold, I would say of his, his maid or his, his hand servant trying to get him out in the midst of a time frame of a war, he injured him where now he is paralyzed and he's not able to walk. But I do want to point this out that even though he was paralyzed, he still got married. He still had children. He still was successful. I want to just throw that out there. So he still got married. He still had children and he still was successful. He was injured by something that happened in his past but he still was producing in other areas. I wanted to point this out for a reason. He was injured by one scenario, but it did not affect him in every area of his life. So he still was able to be married. He still was able to have children and he still was prosperous. He was successful at the level that he was in. Now, here we go. Verses seven, it says this. Now, David at this time again has now brought Mephibosheth unto him, um, into his castle, into his kingdom. And now David is having this conversation starting at verse seven. And David said unto him, fear not, for I will surely show the kindness for Jonathan, which was his, thy father's sake, and will restore thee all the land of Saul, thy father, which was his grandfather, and thou shalt eat bread at my table continually. And he bowed himself and said, What is thy servant that thou shouldest look upon a dead dog as I am? Oh, God, that's so sad. 
8 verses 8 and he bowed himself and said what is thy servant that thou shouldest look upon such a dead dog as I am now again here we go now David is trying to bless Mephibosheth because of the relationship he had with his father Jonathan He's not blessing Mephibosheth because of a relationship he has with him. He's blessing him based upon a previous relationship that he had with his father. And now he is searched out to find this one man that was connected to a relationship that meant the most to him. And now because of this relationship, what he's trying to do is he wants to bless Mephibosheth not only just because I want you to be in my kingdom. No, no, hear me. It's not just you come in my kingdom, but you come in my kingdom. And at the same time, I'm going to give you all the land that your grandfather had. And the scripture goes on to say, not only did he say he's going to give him land, but then he gave him servants. So he wouldn't have to worry about how to take care of the land. And Mephibosheth's reply, was, who am I? Why would you look upon such a dead dog as I am? Why would you look upon somebody that's not even worth it? I'm not, I'm not worth all of that. I'm not, I'm not worth everything that you, that you want to give to me. I'm not, I'm not worth that new job. I'm not worth that new opportunity. I'm not worth the better relationship. I'm not worth having a good relationship. I'm not, I'm not worth being able to not live paycheck to paycheck. I'm not worth opening up my own business. Look at how he viewed himself. Now, David, because of his, his one, the, the type of mind and the heart that David had, which is just like our father, but, but our father God, you, you see that David didn't even pause into that. He didn't even start talking or going into trying to be able to build him up. He said, look, go ahead and just take this man to his house and make sure that every time it's dinner time, he comes and sits at the king's table. Why? Because I want him to know that we are equal. You are good enough to sit at my table. You're good enough to be with me. But again, Mephibosheth was saying, I'm weak. I'm worthless. This was his perspective. His perspective of himself. So this is what I want to say unto you. You have taken out the time to come on and listen. So I want to make sure that in the midst of all of this, while you locked down in quarantine, while you're sitting in your house trying to figure out what the next thing you should be, what you could be doing as you are sitting in here imagining what it would be like again to walk outside and be able to have fun and go sit inside of a restaurant. As you're going through all of those things, what I want you to do is I want you to start looking at how you see yourself. Now, again, I want you to understand, and I'm going to say this again is that these things are not revealed sometimes until pressure comes. See, I, I was in the same position. One of the things that happened with me is I was in a certain time frame of my life where, you know, per se, things were going good for me. 
I, I felt like things were going good, but then I recognized and I understood that God had something bigger for me. Per se, what I would say bigger, it was just my next. It, I, had, I had transitioned from one season and I was moving into a new season of my life and, and I really didn't know what to do in this season. And so in the midst of all of these transitions, some things were per se taken away. I would say it that way. Some things were taking away that, that I, that I depended on. There were certain things that, that took, that was, that was, that was removed or transitioned out of that I transitioned out of that I was just used to being in or used to doing and I love to do. But in the midst of all of those things, now I don't have either. I don't have the thing that I leaned to depend upon. And I don't also have the thing that I used to, that I'm used to being in for years. And now I have a moment of where God is saying, I got something up here that's a little bit bigger than where you were before. It's a new, it's a new place. It's, it's getting you closer to where, I, where your purpose is. And I started to have a negative self-perspective. I started to say to myself, I'm not really good enough. I'm not good enough to do that next level. I, I'm not, I'm not good enough. I, I don't have enough knowledge. I've never been to school for this. So I know some of you are on there and y'all like, what is this man talking about? So I, I, I need you to help. I need to help you because I want you to understand and have a great picture of what this is. So in my life, the viewpoint of where I was in this point of my life was very important. I lost one of the greatest men in my life, which was my uncle, he had passed away. In the same time frame, I transitioned out of the youth ministry, which I had been a part of for 12 years. I don't have my support and I don't no longer have the place that I've been in for years. Mephibosheth and the children of Israel are per se in the same position. They have always been in the wilderness. They've been in the wilderness since they got delivered. So for years, they have been in this place, understanding that they would not be here forever. Mephibosheth, on the other hand, had been in the place that he was in, not knowing that there would be greater for his life. But they had both gotten used to it. They had both started to accept that this might be how it is. And I was doing the same thing. That youth ministry probably will be the thing that I do forever because I love ministering to youth and I love what I'm doing and I'm used to being here in this place. But then again, I go through this transition and God says, listen, I have something bigger for you. I have something next for you. I have something that I want you to do. The thing that I want you to do next is I want you to do a podcast. And I want you to start ministering to people online. I'm not, I'm not good enough for online. I'm, I'm not, I'm not well educated in reference to scripture. I never went to, to a theology school. So I, I what, what if I say something wrong? What, what, I'm not good enough for that. I'm not strong enough to carry something like that. So I prolonged it. He brought it up again. I, I'm not, no, I'm not, that, that's, I can't do that. I can't do that. I, I'm not this. I don't have the, I don't have the right 
thought process. I don't have the right, you know, connections. I don't know this about things and I don't know this about people. And, and what, and what if, what if they laugh at me? What if they don't ever come on? What, what if people disrespect me? What if, and I start going through all of these things. And he said, listen, what I'm trying to get you to see and to understand. And again, this was a struggle for me for some time. And it's been a struggle for me for time. And he said, what I'm trying to get you to see is your self perspective. The way that you are viewing yourself is not what I said about you. I promised you that I will never leave you nor forsake you. I promised you that I would protect you. I promised you and I told you that you are strong, that you are wise. I told you that you are mine, that you're already approved by me. I, I told you all of these things. So why do you continue to view yourself in the wrong perspective? And because I did not see myself in the right type of perspective, it was affecting me walking in doing this call, doing this assignment. And this is what I'm sharing with you. If I did not do this assignment, if I did not do this assignment, whoever this word is for will still be bound. If I did not do what God told me to do last year, and he told me actually two years ago, and I was and I was trying my best to get from it because I did not view myself the right way. So it was going to affect me from walking in my promised land, my assignment. And God is saying, listen, I'm sitting you at the table I'm showing you how good you are, how what, what you're worth to me, how, how strong you are. Don't you understand how powerful you really are? I'm trying to get you to see it. So then when you can see and have the right perspective of who you are, despite, here we go, this is the key, who you are despite what you've been through that you and I can realize and change the way we see ourselves. I want you to see yourself the right way. I want you to have the right perspective. And when we have the right perspective, sometimes it's not, it's not automatic. I'm not going to sit here and on this podcast and lie and on this Facebook live and say, listen, it's an automatic thing. You'll just walk right into it. No, it's not. It's not that easy because you've been telling yourself for years how good, how, how you're not that. And because of that, you've been getting mad at how you think other people think of you when majority of the time they don't even think that. But that's how you view you. And the way that you view yourself is reflected. You, you, you have a reflective context where you are thinking other people are viewing you the way that you view you. So you don't walk into a room because you think in the room they're not going to think you're good enough. You don't come up with the idea because you think that they're going to tell you that your idea and you are stupid. You don't try to step out and do what you know you're supposed to be doing as your business idea that God told you to do years ago and you still have not walked into it because you think that you're not qualified for the job. 
you still have not tried to develop your relationship because you have put it in your mind that this is the best that I can be. This is the best that I can have. You are still viewing yourself in the wrong perspective. All because you're saying, listen, my past has dictated who I am. I am a failure. I am a mess up. I can't be better than this. I can't be free from this stuff. Because why? Your perspective of yourself is holding you back from walking into the thing that you're supposed to have. Do not allow how you see you. And again, it's a struggle for me because I, because what it becomes, it be your, your negative perspective of yourself become your addiction. You become addicted to looking at yourself a wrong way. You become addicted to not walking into doors that you know you're supposed to be in. Listen to this, and I don't know why I'm going to say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. Your age does not dictate the doors that you're supposed to walk in. Your age does not dictate the tables that you're supposed to sit in and sit at. Your age does not dictate when or where you're supposed to walk in. It does not dictate that. What dictates it is your dependency and your perspective of who you are. Your perspective of yourself and your dependency on God. If God told you to do it, get the knowledge that you need and walk and do it. You are strong enough to do it. You are wise enough to make it happen. How do I know? How do I, how, how can I talk to you in this way and make sure that you understand that this is real? Because I would not be on this podcast if it's not true. Because being very honest, I don't, sometimes I have felt like I don't, I, I'm not qualified to do this. Sometimes I feel like, what do I have to offer you? But because I know that God has placed some things in me that, that, that somebody needs. Because I know that God has given unto me the wisdom and the people around me to make me stronger and stronger so that I can do what I'm assigned to do. He wouldn't assign me to do it if I didn't have the strength and the wisdom to make it happen. He's not a mean God. He's not a God that's going to set you up for failure. Do not look at your life like the children of Israel. Like those 11 spies that sees what God is trying to do for you. Even in the midst of this crisis, I believe that God has been speaking to people, reminding them of his word in the midst of all of what's going on. And as he's been reminding you, as he's been speaking to you, as he's been giving unto you dreams, some of us have not allowed God or walked in or said, I'm going to do it. Because again, your self-perspective, this is the greatest time. Because during the crisis, during the pressure, it reveals who you really are, not just where you really are. So I want you to do me a favor. I want you, as well as I'm going to do myself, start writing down this context. I heard this years ago from a bishop named Bishop Tudor Bismarck, and he brought this context of the I am factor. And the I am factor is 
This is who I am. This is who God has said that I am. And I want you to start writing it down. If it comes to your marriage, if it, when it comes to your, your finances, when it comes to your mind, when it comes to your relationship with your children, when it comes to your business idea, when it comes to your ministry, when it comes, whatever those things are, I want you to write them down and say, I am wise. I am financially independent. I am a good husband. I am a good father. I am a good wife. I am a good mother. I want you to write these things down and then do this. Start making it your confession. Why do I want you to do it? Because the reality is you've been telling yourself that you're not. Now you have to make sure that it comes from your heart to your mouth so we can change this, your mind, how you see yourself. And then you start to believe what God said that you are. And this is why God wanted us tonight to learn about self perspective. I thank you all for coming on and trusting me in your time, your personal time to come on and be a part of this conversation. For all those that this has impacted, I just want you to do me a favor. Just put in the comments, give me a like, and just say thank you, God. Because God is speaking to all of us in the midst of this crisis to allow us to understand that what this is doing for us is helping us to see who we are so we can strengthen and develop and change how we see ourselves so that we can become what God has called us to be. And that is great. I love you all. And again, thank you for coming on tonight on Focus on Greatness podcast. And I will talk to y'all next time, every first and third Monday, right here, Facebook Live, as we have these beautiful conversations. Love you all and talk to y'all next time. to say thank you for joining me on today's podcast. I pray that whatever word that you have heard, the thing that touched you, I pray that it inspired you to be able to make some form of change, to push you closer to your dream, to push you closer to that business idea that you had and you have. I want you to find that greatness within you. Can you do me a favor and continue on this journey with me? Every first and third Monday at 6.30 p.m. Central Standard Time, right here on the Focus on Greatness podcast. Follow me on all of my social media platforms so that us together can be able to develop and be the greatest person that God ordained us to be.